Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. You know, put an announcement out there. I know we've not mentioned it in a while, but if anyone wants to join units, um, there is is an online form that you fill out. We can send you a QR code or you can ask or speak to Auntie Emmy who did the announcement earlier. And normal thing is that we give people three months to be in the church to settle down. Then they can make a decision on what a unit to join. The process is that once you fill out a particular form, uh, so fill out the forms, we pray over it and we seek the mind of God concerning it. Then we give you a feedback. We try to do that within two weeks. Then the unit lead will speak to you and you take it from there. Amen. Hallelujah. We would be talking today around, we thank God for these seven days, and we thank God that it's coming to um, an end today by His grace. We would be talking about the body of priesthood. I think of the prayers and the thing we did for the vigil. We were talking about the burden of priesthood. The burden of priesthood. And I just need to first of all set some some quick um, stalls out for us to kind of understand as we go in this direction. Is that in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4 to 6, that was a scripture that was read. It said, you yourself have seen what I did to what I did to Egypt, how I carried you on the wings and brought you to myself. Now, if, now if you obey me fully and keep my commandments, then out of all the nations of out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole world, the whole earth is mine. What God is saying here is that everybody, the whole earth is mine, but I want to raise a nation, or when you go to verse 6, he said, but you will be for me a kingdom of priests and only nation. Now, Please, as we look at this, it's for us important that we first of all understand that when he said a kingdom of priests, in this kingdom, in this nation, there would be accountants, there would be you know, there will be plumbers, there will be there will be there will be cleaners, there will be all sort of variety of job opportunities. However, God is saying, no matter what you are doing. I am calling you to become a priest. So, why I'm starting off from that is for us to know that when we are talking about priesthood, I'm not talking about pastors. I'm not talking about... So, as far as the scripture sees priesthood, a pastor is under priesthood. An accountant is under priesthood. Does that make sense? Then you will begin to understand when Peter goes on in 1 Peter 2, 9, he says, you are, you are like that. You are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So, it's important that we understand, and I'm not really going to go much into it, but I just want to pick, talk to a particular a side of our job as a priesthood. So the day you gave your life to Christ, the day you gave you, you are called into the as a priest. Now the Bible now says, gives us a description in Hebrews chapter one. Sorry, I have a bit of scriptures, but just bear with me. I hope you can talk through it. Is that Hebrews chapter um, 5, verse 1 to 3 said, Every high priest, priest is selected from among the people. So that means that when God is looking for a priest, it is said, you know, they are selected from among the people. 
The Bible says, and is appointed to represent the people in matters relating to God. Now, what God is saying is that even though you are among the people, the priest is the one that brings in God's perspective into that, into that situation. Does that make sense? Now, he said that he is able to deal with those who are gently, with those who are ignorant. Now, what he's saying is that you are not fulfilling your role as a priest if you are not connected to people. If you are always in the spirit and forever hearing God, but you don't understand what people are going through or you are not, you are not there to understand where they are. Or the, 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 you know, that you just go, you know, excuse me, say, what, what's all of this? Have faith. You know? The Bible says that part of the job of a priest is that he's subject to the same weakness. So, what, we are, what I'm saying is that as a priest, it is, there are two aspects of, there are two, there are two challenges. At times, there are some priests who have, who have, who all they do is to ah things are bad ah you know there is no perspective of God all they are doing is just and there are some other priests that all they are doing is God's perspective they are never connected to the people but he's saying a priest has to have the ability to live in the situation but yet have a different perspective on what is going on. Let's come on. Let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 4 again. The Bible talks about, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness. Let me share, let me show, let me, let me give an example of, of how a priest, you know, a, the perfect priest which you have in scriptures. Jesus, for example. Why did Jesus cry at Nazareth's uh, grave? He knew he was going to raise him up. So why was he crying? A priest should, even though he's gathering to cry together, he still understands that that, that situation will turn around. However, he did not come and say, what, what is this? Lack of faith everywhere, lack of faith everywhere. So, so yeah, raise up. What's all this rubbish? That is not a priest. A priest is the one that is crying, even though he knows there is an answer. The Yoruba people will say, Tiaban Sukun. You can do it together. Google it if you don't say, God bless If you are crying, you can see. Abi. Uh, yes. So, you know, you are not, you, so when he entered that situation, even though they were crying, he was moved and Jesus began to cry. You'd be like, but he told his disciples, we are going to raise him up. He's, he's just sleeping. We are going to, that situation is going to end up in laughter. But that does not mean that he will not have the ability to walk through it with people to the future that he sees. The difference is that those that are crying cannot see a future beyond that. But a priest, because the priest is relating to the matters of God, is seeing from God's perspective. He understands where the situation is going to end. But that does not mean that he disassociates himself from reality. Does that make sense? Now, this is quite important because as we begin, that is why some priests are not functioning well. Is it that they are ever, forever in the spirit? They are never connecting to people. Or they are forever with the people, disconnected away from God. You would see that when, when, um, when, um, what's the name? John the Baptist died, the Bible says Jesus redrew and he went to mourn. They did not know that he has power to do. No, he, the priesthood of him requires that he, under, he, he walks in their shoes. Even though 
he knows that there is there is an answer to it. God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So I wanted to first of all say that one, we are all priests. But our priesthood can only function when we have our foot in the two sides of it. You understand what they are going through, but yet you are bringing the perspective of God without necessarily saying what you are feeling. It doesn't make sense. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, when God began to design the garment of the priest, God said they should make a, a, a chest plate, or what some tradition may call it a breastplate, that they put in their heart. And let's go to Exodus, please. The Bible says that then with a great skill and care, make a chest piece to be one for seeking decision from God. So, that means that this plate that they put in their heart, that is the basis of conversation between God and the priesthood. Some translation will call it effort. Because effort is also the instrument by which the priests use to communicate with God. So, well, I'm, I'm coming to this point as we look at a priesthood. He said, match it, he said, make it to match the effort. Some transition might not put church, but they just go straight to effort. But he said, using fine wooden, um, uh, uh, wooden linen and branding with gold and with blue purple and, and scarlet. We can talk more about that, but, you know, I just wanted to just say that it says here that it says, it says, mount four rows of gemstones on it. One row containing red um, caramel and green and an emerald. So four uh, four times three. Twelve. So how many tribes are in Israel? Twelve. So let's go to verse 21. No, just go to it all. Yeah, I'll come back to that. The Bible now says that there shall be twelve stones on each for for each um, for each of the names of the sons of Israel. So what God is saying? Can I have the previous slide, please? What God is so this is the breastplate. So God is saying, as a priest, my conversation with you is going to be through those breastplates. Among, however, those breastplates are the people you represent. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Because a priest must be connected to the people. Please note, and we're going to talk, note where the breastplate is. Is on the chest. It's not on the head. And that is where we will be picking the issues of burden that God places in your heart. Because what God is doing that this thing will become a burden on the heart of the priest. But that burden is, is the job is that they would use it to seek the face of God concerning those issues. So where I'm going starting for is that for every priest you would be a burden will be placed on you. But please note that he said the things concerning God. So it is not your body we are talking about. It. We'll get to that point. It is the body that God himself places upon you. Hallelujah. Now, 
Moses, and we'll begin to talk about, I just want to just talk about it briefly. Moses was complaining to God. He said, Numbers chapter 11, verse 11 to 13, he asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you? That you are burdening me with all these people. Did I conceive them? Did I give back to them? Why do you, why do you tell me to carry them in my hands like a nursing mother carries an infant to the promised land to the, the land you promised to the ancestors. Where am I going to get meat for all these people? They keep willing to me, give us meat. On that transition, will say, you told me to carry them in my bosom. What is he saying? The heart. And you say, ah. <laughs> What, what kind of punishment is this? Am I not? My life is better off without this, without these people. See, note that, and we would, we would, you know, we would look at Daniel. And we spoke about it briefly at the at the vigil. Is that Moses was living a comfortable life? So this is this body is not a function of lack of comfort. When a body is placed. And we will be giving more expression to it. But I want us to know that I started, please don't forget, don't lose sight of the fact that we started off on the fact that it, this is not church ministry. Because there will be places that God will be placing burden on your hearts for you to bring a solution to those areas for his name. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. One thing burden will do, if burden is not taking care properly, scripturally, you become a nuisance. It's like, yeah. This person is always complaining because they don't know. That Moses was carrying the burden. He was saying, what is all of this? this can you imagine if a friend or if somebody now walks up to Moses, why he was still complaining? I said, Moses, we are not eating, though. <laughs> what did Moses do? He would give him his size. He'd be dead. <laughs> this is what I am saying. I don't understand why. Can, can you not see that I'm busy? When the problem is that there is a way to deal with burdens. If it's not dealt with properly, we will become like Moses who will become a nuisance. Does that make sense? Amen. Now, one thing, like I said, I was, we, we, we spoke about Daniel. And you, you know, um, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, in the days of Asher, said, he said, in, in the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, understood by books according to the word of the Lord that gave Jeremiah the prophet about desolations that will last 70 years. I turned to the Lord. Now, let me also say that bodies can be laid to you in different dimensions. One, it might be by the information you hear. At times, it might be your experience that will turn to a body. That after you have escaped, after you have escaped that experience, you will be carried. That body will never leave, even though you are at a better place. That body will always be there. So Moses, his own body was experienced. He found itself in that position and the burden was laid. Daniel was reading the scriptures and he began and God used that venue to lay a burden on him. Another person you will see is Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. The Bible says that he said, he said, he said um, um, 
Hananiah, whatever that is, on the, uh, one of my brothers came from Judah with, with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant and that survived in exile, also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the, in the province and, they, and are, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken and the gates burnt with fire. When I heard this thing, I sat and wept for, for, mes, for some days. I mourned and fasted before the Lord of heaven. So, in his own case, it was information that broke that was a channel by which God brought a burden on his heart. So, for some of us, you might just be watching news and a burden will be placed on you. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And at times, for some of us, it is vision. It could be in different ways. Now, please know that this burden that was placed via a news became the only thing you can read about, about um, Nehemiah. It, be, it, was, it became, it was, it started from just a conversation. It lasted his entire life. So a burden can be placed on you. It can last a month. It can last 10 years. It can last your lifetime. Now, what this is what I said as I said a burden. Let's go on, please. I said a burden is a weight of divine concern laid on a person in an in, a person increasing daily. What I'm sorry, I, I should have put a comma there. What I'm trying to say is that burden will be increasing on you on a daily basis. You will see that the more you get closer to God, the more the burden is is you, you are more aware of it. It will just be at times you will get to a point you will not be able to sleep. It will be something that would, you know, maybe you went through something, and or you you just you 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 were watching the news and you just and it, it, it just got stuck. And you discover that for years you are carrying that body. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when God sees a situation and he wants to intervene, he's always looking for a priest that will carry his body. Because that person is going to be the tool by which God will be able to, to intervene in the right way of his own heart. So you saw Sodom and Gomorrah. God had to go and meet Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want to go and destroy this place. What was he trying to do? Why did he not go and go and destroy it? Because he's looking for somebody that can carry the burden and see that these people are going into destruction and say, God, I am going... Please note that everybody will be seen in scriptures as always led people to the altar of prayer. I am saying that to say this, that if a body is not, is not channeled with prayer, you will become a nuisance. Because as we begin to see, bodies are not expected to be carried by human flesh. So, you know, you would, you would see that, you know, you would say that all, all I'm trying to say here is that, is that God, God has seen there is, there is let me also say to us that that God for God to to place a burden is ready to deal with that issue. God does not place a burden on you that he doesn't is not ready to provide a solution to that thing. Let's look at Exodus. The Bible says during, during the period 
during the long period of the king of the king of Egypt died, Israel groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help and, and they cried out for help because of their slavery and, and because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac. Now God had had it. What was God looking for afterwards? Somebody that can bear that body. So when we go on to the next um, slide, chapter 3, the Bible says, the Lord, the, the, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the mystery of my people in Egypt. I have had I have heard them cry because of their, of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. But what was God looking for? Somebody that will bear that burden. So before God places a burden on the heart of somebody, that burden is already, is already sanctioned. It may take a lifetime, like I said, but a solution will come true. So what I'm trying to say is that when God places a burden on you, please don't think that it is, no, there is already an answer. But answers come true by somebody who is ready to carry the burden. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say something to us. We, like I said, is that, you know, one thing that helps, especially when you come to the place of prayer with a body, that God has placed, that is where the burden begins to increase and you begin to get scope for the burden that God has placed in your heart. That is the place it gives you the skills and ability to understand what to do. So when we see, um, let's just go to, um, sorry, Daniel, quickly. Um, just because of our time, the Bible says he continued, he said, do not be, he said, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding. So there was an issue that Daniel was saying, God, what do you want me to do about these issues? How do you want, how do you want to, now, you know, and the Bible, let's see the, um, the NLT. He said, from the day you began to pray for understanding. So what I'm trying to say, when the God's Bible says, you set your mind to understand it, he wasn't trying to understand it alone. He took it to the place of prayer. He took it to the place of prayer. Please understand also. Let's go to 9, first chapter 9. The Bible says, you informed me and you talked sorry, he informed me and he talked to me and said, oh Daniel, I have now come forth to give this skill and understanding. So, a burden was placed on Daniel but it was on the altar of prayer that that body began to have expression. So, until when Moses went to God, you know what did Moses complain? You said we should come and give them meat. Who's who for no finally supplied this? God. But Moses thought because he had body, it is his responsibility to sort it out. Does that make sense? Now let me try to bring it a little bit closer as we try to look at, you know, we try to look at um, um, you know bodies. At times, burdens when it comes to, to God, burdens is the interest of God at times is deeper. I will give an example of, let's use choir as an example. Sorry, let's just use that as an example. Amen. Now, the burden of God is not you sound good. Sounding good is a tool 
to get to his body. The burden of heaven is that people's lives are changed and they are brought closer to God. So, a choir person that carries burden will be more, will feel bad. I'm not saying you have to do so. Will feel bad even after you do a big concert and yet people are not turning to God because the burden is still there. Does that make sense? So, it is because at times you can mix concern with burden. They may have a very bad performance, but yet lives are turned around. Somebody carrying burden will be the happiest person on that. Does this make sense? Now, like I said, there are different ways by which God places burdens on you. It is important that before God, before, before God calls you into any form of ministry, please make sure you can you have a burden. Or else, see, one of the things that burden does is that is that even when you want to give up, when you're saying, oh, I don't I don't like I don't, I don't I hate all the, what's going on and things like this, like, burden will still not allow you to sleep because there is a burden. Burden would make you see that even when everybody is saying, Wow, wonderful, you are still not satisfied because you know the burden. So if let me use my whole little self as an example. If you are according to me as a pastor and there is no burden, you don't have a burden and in the midst of your heart. See, 5,000 capacity field will be good. I will maybe 1,000, maybe 300. I'm just saying generally. But if you have a burden, even if you have 10 million, what you are looking for is far greater. Does this make sense? When I was, see, my sister will understand what I see. My first experience of body was when we were in Alapere, when I was still, still in my teenage age. I was just taking my bath in the, in, in, in you know, of course, in the bedroom. <laughs> I was taking my bath, and I could sense people were walking into it and I was crying. I was a teenager. I didn't even know scriptures yet. What was happening? A burden was laid. And as you grow up, that burden begins to grow higher. So, and different encounters and, you know, burdens are laid by via different tools. Does that make sense? So, even though people say, ah, Pastor Bayo's sermon is great, I, somebody, when I was in, I was serving, uh, I've shared this before, a guy who was married in the Badon. The girl was married, I don't know wherever she came from, they came to serve, so they decided to, they gave them rooms, so decided to leave their rooms and be living together in one room. And they were coming to my fellowship. I wasn't happy. I said, what is all of this? Ah, no, Pastor. You know, we're just I said, but you are engaged, you are married. They did your tradition before you came here. And, you know. So there was a day they came, they the one of the guys met me on the road. I said, ah, Pastor Bayo, he said, I told my friends about you. And they are coming from Sokoto. Now, Sokoto to Bafarawa, Sokoto town to Bafarawa is like, is like more than two hours. You know, the north is quite, is a very vast land. And as he was saying, he said, ah, I told them to come and, and things like that. Now, maybe what he, he was expecting me to say, ah, thank you, and things like that. Everyone is my weakness. As I spoke to him, I turned back, I was in tears. 
because I told God I have failed you. If all what these people think is that they can come and listen and their lives are not changed. My, my, my pillow was filled with tears that day. God, by his mercy, had to intervene in a dream. Say, by it is not your fault. But what made me cry, even when that person was saying, ah, we are bringing people, it is because a burden is greater than... So, if you don't carry a burden, if a burden has not been laid on you, it would be... It will be, will be, will be okay. That is why God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So if somebody has a body in the tech world, for example, no matter what it is, what other people are looking for and say, ah, you made a million dollars, that million dollars means nothing to them. Because what they are carrying is a greater body. Maybe you are in a place, a workplace, and you've seen a group of people being maltreated or disturbed, and you have also experienced it. God may allow you to experience because he's trying to pass a burden in your heart. That person may end up in parliament, but what is driving them is a burden. It is not position. Because God has seen an issue and is concerned. But he's saying, who can I place my concern on? Does this make sense to us? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, Nehemiah, sorry, let's just go to, now, I, I said, let's just, I said here that, Burden is a weight. Burden is a weight. And you will see that after Nehemiah had the story, the Bible says he went to the king and the king could visibly see it that this guy is not happy. Nehemiah chapter 2, the Bible says that, you know, you know he, 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 he was... It was in the burden was so visible. That's what I'm saying. The burden was so burden is a weight. But the Bible says in, in Psalm 55, verse 22, it said, Cast all your cares. On that song, I will say, Cast your burdens on the Lord, He will sustain you. So basically, the one of the things you need to learn about burden is to it helps your altar of prayer. Because your altar of prayer will just not be good if there is no body to place there. Your altar of prayer will only be working in the days where things, if things are good, your prayer life goes down. If things are bad, your prayer life goes up. Because there is no body to be placed on it. Because there is no body to be placed on it. So, one of the things that God does for a Christian to have a sustained work with him, he needs a body to be placed on it. Or else it would be... That is why you saw somebody like uh, Daniel who was living in wealth, who had everything going on for his life. The Bible says after he read the book of Jeremiah, he, 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 he committed himself to a fast. Because he was saying, God, this is a problem. How can we solve it? If your body has not brought you to committing yourself to a fast... That body in yet is not is not is not strong enough. Please, I hope you are following me. That I'm not talking about shoshi. In this continent, there are different concerns that God is not happy with. Even at your workplace, there are so many things that God is not pleased with. Maybe a particular section of the community is being dealt with, and God is placing that burden in your heart. But that burden is, is you know, you will just be, after you are, you, you know, you might not even be concerned. See, at times, that is where you see people who start NGOs, because burdens are laid on their heart. Does this make sense? 
God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So um, I, I, I just hope that I could differentiate between burden and worries and concerns. You know, you know. So I don't like all these kind of things. At times, that is one day because of me. Eh? What did you say? I don't like this kind of thing. That is you. How does that concern me? That is not my body. That is your, my own body. You would know. Because you will be there for years. And that body will have a substantial, you will have evidence or proof. So you are not talking about, ah, let me, let me, you know, my body is not to do slides. That is a tool to reach a body. That is a tool to reach a body. So if I do slides everywhere or accurately, I know lies is touch. That is why I've not done it anywhere but my own understanding, my own experience. Is that at times when God says we should put somebody in a particular position. I am looking for a body because a body is necessary. Or else that person would say, No, at times I just don't feel like it, you know. Because see, what will happen is that if that person says, I don't I don't want to take this position, I don't I don't feel like it, I don't say things like that. If if there is a body, sorry, even if that person takes it, if there is a body, the day they say they don't want to do it, the body will bring them back. Body will not allow them rest. But if there is no body, they will leave it and nothing not will happen. So at times, what you are looking for is a body. Are we together? Now, body does not mean that you are good at what you are doing. It just means that it is something that will not allow you rest until you see it happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Let me, I hope you'll be okay for Jesus as an example. You understand what I'm saying when I'm talking about body and things like that. Now, like I said, it's not all the time that I've thought about, I have learned a little in ministry that you need to wait at times for a body to come. After God had said to us that we should choose acquire another person to let lead the um, Sunday school um, choir, and I called him around six or five thirty in the morning, things like that, and I said, "I want you to take this position for the meantime." Abby. So one day for the meantime, I don't know what God will do. But let's see where we are. He said, he said, Pastor. He said, so when I now told him, he said, ah, he said, I could not sleep all night. Amen. I could not sleep. He said, it was as if they were playing keyboard in my ears all through. It was difficult for me to sleep. By the time you called me, I understood what you called. Now, there are days that he could not make church at times. He will call me and cry. And he will be in tears. I say, I'm not doing enough. Ah, this, the, the choir, I really want it to move. I, I really want the power of God to move. Why is he crying? Body. So, it is not by, because it is important that, at times it's important that I look for that body. Because once the body is there, from experience, I've seen that when there is no body, it's easy. But when there is body, ah, you will be the one, you know, there are so many times you will talk and you will cry and cry and say, should I come to your house? Because what you are looking for is a body. And after he told me then, 
did I tell you something? I said, go and ask other people who are leading. And that's the same thing. They also had their own body placed on them. What I'm trying to say to you is this. Is that it doesn't mean that you are good. It doesn't mean that you are the best that God has found. No. It just means that he's just looking for a place to dump body. So because you have a body does not mean that you will not you will not see develop yourself. It doesn't mean that you will not improve on yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't have character issues. That's not what God is saying. Body is first of all saying, let me just look for a place to dump this thing. Because that body, if it's hard enough, it will be one that will push you to make yourself right. Does this make sense? So, I am saying it again, and it's important for me to say it. I am not talking about church. <laughs> There are some people that God is calling them into the business world. And God is saying, I want you to raise other young men who are Christians, who, are, who, need to, who need to be mentored. And you just see that, that thing will always just come. It will see as if, and once you raise, once you can support a young man, and you can see that person, Increasing ah, you, the joy in your heart is as if they gave you 10 million pounds. What is that? A body, but that body needs to be channeled via the altar of prayer. You need to, we need to learn to bring our bodies to the because one thing your body does when you bring it to the altar of prayer is that you are equipped, you just feel that what is worrying you by the time you finish from the altar of prayer, that fear, that worry, it just, it just goes, it has not changed, though, but that worry just goes. Because that is where bodies are meant to be brought to the altar prayers. It's not meant to be said, ah, how am I going to do all of this? So I mean, so I mean, I'm this like that. Sorry for those who do you know, <laughs> It is because you are, I have not learned to take my bodies to the altar prayer. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's just look at Matthew. Say, come unto me, all you that are wearied and, and wearied and burdened. I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble at heart. You will find rest for your souls. He now said, my yoke is easy. And my burden is like, you would think that after I take burden, <laughs> It is for you to go without the body. No. He will place his own body on you. But why is it the body is light? Because once you know how to attach your body to the altar of prayer, it becomes lighter. This is our own body. And we are going to come to the place of prayer about, about that. It's that God, you need to take away certain bodies from my life. So that I can take my own, your burdens is, does that make sense? Because if I am, some of us, it is the worries and the issues of life. You, that burden is there. You know it is when you are young. But situations has happened in life and that burden is so huge to the extent that it is silencing the burden of God in, in your life. And you begin to say, ah, well, it is somebody that has peace that will be doing this and that. If I, you know, the burden of God is now almost becoming like a luxury. Because you have this burden so much. And so our altar of prayer is God, take away these burdens so that I can take your light burdens. Does that make sense? I can take your life because some of us, you know, there are places that God has embodied in your heart, but there are so many things, other things that is the devil keeps, you know, it's, it's so much on your mind that you don't even have time. You want to, but the opportunities are just not there. The opportunities are just, and that is the place we need to come to in prayer. God is forever looking for somebody to carry his burden.
in every field, God is looking for somebody to carry his body. I would draw it to a close as we say that, you know, somebody who's carrying a body, like I said, they don't. Let's go to uh, the Tarot, just quickly down, down a bit. Uh, the Tarot, yeah, the Bible says. <laughs> Now, the Bible says, this is because both of you broke the faith with me in the presence of the Israelites. Now, this is God cursing Moses. And he said, in his praise of Israelites, at the waters of Meribah, um, Kadesh, in the, in the desert of Zin. He said, because you did not uphold my holiness among the people, therefore, you will not see, you will not see the, 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 you will not see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I am giving to the people of Israel. Now, anybody, see, if a body is not properly laid, that kind of person that has labored all their life, and when they now see that people are now achieving you know you have there are people that god has brought late bodies on you and they are exploring in business but you are still doing your own small now see what moses did after this let's go to chapter 33 this is the blessing that moses the man of god pronounced on the people of Israel. So when God said, look at that land, you will not be able to enter it. You would think most people say, ah, <laughs> ah, I'm looking for English, but what is English? <laughs> if rat will not eat, I don't know what the course is saying, but amen. But basically, if I will not, if I will not enjoy it, then we must always just not enjoy it. Destroy everything. Yeah. Moses saw the land. He could not enter. God did not force him to bless the people of Israel. But Moses, and when you read chapter 33, Moses blessed them from the bottom of his heart. Because a man that carries body, it doesn't matter if he partakes in it. It is the success of that body that pleases their heart. Does that make sense? So, and you will see also, let's just go on, please. You see also, you know, there was a man that was praying for to see the, um, Simon was praying to see the salvation of Israel. The Bible says that, um, uh, sorry, this is John. Sorry, John was talking, people were saying to John that, ah, you were the one in ministry before now. What has happened? Why are you now? Why are you now the one that is that is the one that is now being left behind? John said, "He said, you yourself can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but the one, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the groom. My friend, the friend who attends the bridegroom, attends the bridegroom, waits and listens for him." He said, the Bible says, and, one, and, and is fully joyed when he hears the bridegroom's voice. He said, this is my joy. That, that joy is mine. And now it is complete. What he's saying is, when, uh, this is the problem again. They normally say that um, when the person introducing two people, When the wife and the husband sees themselves and they say, you become third party. Recently now, my, a friend of mine and somebody, I attributed them to one another. Now they now say, um, um, you, are, you are third party, sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not become third party. Well, you know, and things like someone said that the books they wanted to go on to cinema and things like this. Nobody will normally tell now. I don't even know that. I just see pictures. Ah, you're going to see now. Yeah, we're going to see now. 
<laughs> things that you are, you know, you are third party. So he said that my joy is that the bride and the groom, once they meet, that is my joy. The joy of a body, carry, person carrying the body, is when he sees what God wants to come to pass. And, and God, when they meet together, his job is done. That is the joy. That's why I said, even if it is, if somebody is in the tech world, like for example, and you, they have, you have seen that it's only a particular reason. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm just in general. But God is laying a body in your heart. Even if you only end up as a manager level, and you can see all those people at the top, that joy fills your heart. What has happened? The burden has been completed. What I'm saying is that because you are carrying a burden for God does not mean you'll be a beneficiary of the burden. The benefit of a burden bearer is to see it come to pass. That is their job. If a, a if a, um, what's it called? If a burden bearer doesn't know when to stop, you know, if you enjoy this man and woman together, they now start at the altar, you now say, I'm there. You know, it will become an embarrassment because you don't know when to stop. That's what he was saying. Once the groom and the bride, once they see each other, my job is complete. One of the learnings in, in body mirror is to know when your job is complete on an issue. Because if you go beyond that, you become a nuisance. Does that make sense? So, but I just wanted to just point that to us as we come to the place of prayer. Luke chapter 2, verse 50, 25, sorry, to 30. It says, Now there was, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon, who was righteous and devoted. And he was waiting on the consolation of Israel. What is that waiting? Body. Said it, was, it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he will not die. So what he's saying say that this, this particular body you are carrying is for a lifetime. And when you go on, the Bible says that, let's just go to verse 20, 28. The Bible says, Simon took him in his hands, saying, praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you are promised, you, you are promised, and you may now, you, sorry, Sovereign Lord, as you are promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. For people who carry the burden, after the body is fulfilled, they, God grants them rest. A body that has not let you go is because that body has not been fulfilled yet. So I don't know where God is calling you to carry a body for him. And that is one of the things I want us to as we pray on because it is an instrument of prayer. Say, God, take this body you know, so that I can carry the body that you have given me well. There are different aspects of this world that God is saying, I need you there because I want you to carry my body. At times, we don't, we don't know what to do. Is because we have no bother to take that body to the altar of prayer. Things that you have seen and is bad at work and things like that, and you just say, ah, I hate, no, this, this is injustice. After writing to HR, have you bothered to carry that body to the altar of prayer? Because that is the place where it begins to have expression. Say, God, you brought me, I am in this situation. What are you, where, where are you, what is the thing that you are seeing? All the great leaders that you see in this world, most of them were born from the body. They were born from the body. But the challenge is that 
If God is laying a burden on you and you're constantly turning away, you don't care. Well, you know, I'm not here to come and die for somebody else. We will keep complaining that things are going wrong. But because there is no man carrying the burden. Especially in ministry. Make sure you have a burden that is, that is driving you. You have a burden. That burden is important. Because that is the one you will channel, you will speak to God about. Say, God, this is what, what is going on. May God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.